As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Good evening. The opinions and statements voiced by our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this network. Enjoy the shows. You are listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk only on Paranormal Experience Radio. Broadcasting live, live, live out of Birmingham, Alabama. Welcome to the Paranormal Experienced Radio Show with your host, Cat Hobson. We're here to learn all we can about every type of experience within the paranormal. There will be interviews with seasoned investigators of the spiritual realm, including ufologists. Cryptozoologists, psychics, mediums, authors, and creators of technology, and others with credible knowledge to share. Together, we will find out what brought these investigators of the unknown into the field and learn what keeps them working so hard in it. I'm interested in learning how these individuals go about their work, and I believe you are too. This program is all about bringing those who are in the field together with our listeners who are interested in what they find. For us, the paranormal is all about working with and supporting each other. We're all here seeking answers to the questions that bother us so. Now, let's get those answers. And enjoy the show. Good evening. Welcome to Paranormal Experience here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. I am Kat Hobson, your host, and I'm so glad that you're here. We are going to have the best time tonight. My guest is John Russell, who I feel like is a lifelong friend really we have gotten to to have an interview before this and it was brilliant because he is and you know sometimes it's just the people that you didn't know were going to be really big deals in your life right so John has written two books 
we spoke with him when he did writing with ghosts, angels, and come on, brain, don't fail me now. Well, we'll ask him. And spirits, ghosts, spirits, he'll tell us. And then he has a new book out, which I just have to tell you, you're not going to believe this cover. You're not going to believe this whole, the whole book. The people who have talked to me about it are just as gaga as I am. And I've got to tell you, it's going to be a bestseller too. John is, I'm just going to let him tell you, he has been a speaker for almost 50 years. And John, I'm going to have to say that dates you a little, my friend. Unfortunately, Welcome. I'm so glad Kat. you're here. <laughs> I'm so happy to be with you. It's great to be back again. We had, uh, and it's like you said, it's like talking to an old friend to come back and talk to you again. We had such a great interview before, and uh, I'm just delighted to be here. And I hope we got a lot of listeners, and we're going to have fun tonight. We sure are. This is going to be a hoot, and yeah, you know, something that that I just don't think I can say enough is that I enjoyed everything about our conversation. I mean, it was just, it was fun. It was informative. Everything that we did was just a good time. It and, was, absolutely. And I think that, uh, that it interpreted that way for our listeners, too, because I've had a lot of uh, downloads and replays of that show. So you must have just knocked their socks off. There you go. Well, we appreciate it. Bless bless everybody (laughs) that listens, and uh, we appreciate the listeners, and I appreciate you having me back again. We did have a lot of fun. I know we're going to have a lot of fun again tonight, a lot to talk about, and that's exciting, and a lot going on in the world, and a lot going Uh, on with me. So, uh, yeah, yeah. a a lot of neat stuff. Well, you know, the fun thing is that um, and I'm going to just share with people because usually I'll do a, a live feed right before we go live. I'll post that, you know, we're going live at the top of the hour, all of these things. And I am sitting in the middle of a mini little tropical storm <laughs> sitting right on top of Gulf Shores right now. And so, you know, if you get to hear the, the thunder and the lightning, then... Yeah, more power to you. It just means you're still there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like adding special effects to our broadcast. Yes, we have got all of the special effects happening tonight. But, <laughs> and, you know, it just makes it more interesting, right? That's, that's a good true. thing. That's true. We, we should tell people, actually, that before we came live on the air, that uh, I periodically, well, frequently, actually, have paranormal uh, interference from the other side with electronics and and uh, electrical things, and you also have your fair share of experience with that. So I do. And storm tonight. (laughs) (laughs) It's a wonder we're getting out there at all. It's it's, it's (laughs) great. Yeah. So the the powers that be helped us, and here we are. We're on the air. We made it through in spite of everything. And uh, we overcame. Great. We overcame. And I am so excited. And for um, for those that don't know, this does it does happen a lot when you have a lot of spiritual energy, and yeah, it does. when you have nature adding to that, well, 
All, yep. all holds are barred. <laughs> That's it. All the gates are, are open. Are barred. Katie, Katie, bar the door. Here we go. <laughs> yes. But, you know, I was, I have to tell you that I was really impressed because you're meant to be on here tonight or it wouldn't have gone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Well, what has been up with you? I, you know, I know that you have released this absolutely wonderful book. But, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. The brand new book is out. Um, it's titled "A Knock in the Attic." And oh, singular. I thought it was Knox. My bad. I said that incorrectly. <laughs> a, knock, a knock in the attic, and uh, subtitled "True Ghost Stories and Other Spine-Chilling Paranormal Adventures." And uh, like I say, it's it's just out a couple of months now. And this book, uh, the first book, Writing with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead, uh, that dealt with the narrow time frame over about a year or two's period in my life, mm-hmm. uh, where and centered mostly on my paranormal experiences uh, that happened while I was riding my motorcycle. I've been a biker since I was age, about age 15. And uh, so that was phenomenal, bizarre, wonderful paranormal experiences that centered around uh, my motorcycle riding, I'll tell people if anybody's a biker and they know this or they watch TV way back when, there was a, a, a TV series ran for a couple of years called Then Came Bronson. And yeah. I say riding with ghost angels and the spirits of the dead is Then Came Bronson meets the paranormal. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they show that, then. Yeah. yeah. After that, um, then I, I finished a, a knock in the attic. It had been a work that I'd been working on for a while. And it's actually a prequel to Riding with Ghosts. Uh, it goes back to my childhood and covers what it was like on up into my teen years and adulthood, uh, how I had my awakening, my psychic awakening, what it was like to grow up psychic, uh, what it was like to deal in that atmosphere as a kid and, and come on up through all those experiences and then become a professional psychic reader and a professional paranormal investigator and eventually an author and so on and so forth. And in this book, for the very first time ever, I write about when I shot a TV pilot for the History Channel, which unfortunately didn't air, and that's not uncommon in the industry, I found out later. That's true, yes. And it's nothing personal either. I mean, it's not a personal thing. It's just, it's hard to get a show going. It is. Yeah, it's like one day you're the hottest thing since sliced bread, and the next day, who? You know, so anyways, but for the first time ever, I write in The Knock in the Attic, I write about what it was like to shoot the pilot uh, for the History Channel and the experiences that I had and uh, what we discovered that actually covered the assassination of President Abraham Lincoln. And my job as a psychic was to come in and give them information that they had no other access to by any other means. And it was phenomenal. I got to go into Ford's Theater. I got to go in the uh, Peterson House across the street where they took Lincoln after he was shot. Uh, I got to go to the Mud House. I got to go where uh, Booth made his last stand and was killed. All these wonderful places. And the neat thing about it, we had the cachet of Atlas Media, which was one of the largest media organizations, corporations in New York City. And then we had the cachet of the History Channel also. Mm-hmm. And so we got to go into all of these places, and it was just me and the camera crew and the docents that were there, no other tourists, no other people. Oh, my word. Yeah, we had unlimited private access to all of these marvelous, marvelous places, and it was just an incredible experience for that alone. 
but then the uh, the psychic things that I uh, discerned and we were able to prove were correct, and then we also uh, recorded paranormal experiences. That was really astonishing. So it was it was really good. It was really neat. I wish it had gone to air, but unfortunately it didn't. So that's in the book and a lot of other neat things. Well, I've got to tell you that the way you write is just like we're sitting here talking. Bless to your me. heart. You know how I tell you, uh, Kat, there have been so many people that have said that exact same thing to me, and it makes me feel so good. It really does. Because I tell people, I say, look, in my writing, I strive to be down to earth just like I was sitting across the table from you, you know, exactly. with a glass high stick and telling you something that happened. And uh, and that's what I strive to do in my writing and to know that I succeed with that. Uh, that's that's the best thing in the world. So I really appreciate that compliment. Well, it is heartfelt. I just enjoy, I just enjoy your experiences. And I know that sounds crazy. But, you know, it's really, it's really good to be able to get that across to people so clearly. Yeah, it's, you know, that's, that's one of my biggest missions in life. I actually wrote a mission statement out the other day. And the, the first thing, the first point in this mission statement was, you know, the paranormal is real. It does exist and it does manifest on the physical plane. And by learning how to interact with it and learning what lessons we can can learn from it, we can enhance our lives, we can make our lives better. Uh, there have been many instances, for example, for myself personally, where my guardian angels have literally saved my life. And mm-hmm. I write about that in the first book, Writing with Ghosts. There was a dramatic example in there. I write about it again in A Knock in the Attic. There's a really crazy, bizarre, dramatic example in there. And, um, you know, it's just, it's important for me to leave this legacy of my experiences to people. Uh, I've had like way over a thousand now. And these are experiences that actually happen on the physical realm. They're not during meditation or hallucinated or dreamed or (laughs) visualized or whatever. These are literal physical experiences that happen on the physical plane that are caused by paranormal means, supernatural means, ghosts, spirits, entities, whatever. And a lot of times other people experience that with me, so there's eyewitnesses to it. We've captured it on audio. We've captured it on video. Uh, there's an example in the uh, uh, the uh, shooting the uh, TV pilot where we actually captured paranormal phenomena on video. And the neat thing was it coincided with what I said was happening as I said it. And you could see it happen on the camera as I said it. The camera picked it up. Holy so wow. Yeah. So these That's are real cool. things, and yeah, it, it was phenomenal. It was really great, and we can go into that story a little if you want to. But it's um, it's really important to me that people understand this, that people get this, and that they, you know, understand that. Look, we don't get all the answers. We wish we did, but we don't. But we walk by faith. We get some light, and we walk in that, and we pray for more light, and we do all the good we can with that in the meantime. So that's that's the main message, I think. Well, yeah, that's that's a pretty good way to live life. It is. I think it is. And and yeah. the books are entertaining. I mean they're they're fun to read yes, and I always they are. tell people I say, Look 
I say, look, if you don't believe in ghosts, if you don't believe in supernatural, if you don't believe in any of that, you don't have to believe in ghosts to enjoy a good ghost story. Get them and enjoy it for that value. And I've had readers tell me, they say, I don't believe in the paranormal even after I read your book, but they're good ghost stories, and I took it as that, and I liked it for that. I said, okay, I'll take that. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Take that and run with it. Yeah, absolutely. But but all the stories in both books are absolutely 100% true. There's nothing invented, nothing made up, nothing exaggerated. Uh, everything is exactly true as it happened in, in both of the books. So I've had a very interesting, very, very uh, phenomenal life rich with these paranormal experiences. How old were you when they, not with the psychic thing, not with the precognizance? Right but with the actual paranormal interactions. How old were you when those began? I was five years old when that started. And, uh, excuse me, there was, uh, I was sound asleep in my bed, and I woke up suddenly wide awake for absolutely no apparent reason. And I thought, well, this is odd. And my, my bedroom door was open, and there was uh, a hallway, and my parents had put a nightlight in the hallway, so if I had to get up at night, I could see. And I raised up on my elbows, and I was looking around my room, and I happened to look out my bedroom door down the hallway, and there was this old black gentleman standing, peering around the doorway, the hallway doorway into my bedroom. And I screamed bloody murder because my family's white. <laughs> we didn't have anyone black living with us. I don't even think we had any black friends at the time. And as I screamed, he walked around the doorway into the hallway toward my bedroom door, and he wasn't misty, he wasn't transparent, he wasn't translucent, he was as solid as you or I. He wore clothes, I can tell you the clothes he had on. And I screamed at the top of my lungs, and about that time my parents came running, and when they got to my bedroom by then he had disappeared he started and just kind of got misty and then vanished and he was gone and in spite of seeing him vanish i told my parents there's somebody in the house and my fright was so real that my dad went he looked under the beds and the closets made sure all the doors and windows were locked and everything and of course everything was fine and so they tried to tell me oh you just had a, a nightmare and i said no i saw someone in this house right. and they finally got me back to sleep and uh, as I or to, to lay down to go back to sleep and it dawned on me at that tender young age it dawned on me what I had seen I had just seen my first ghost yep. and I spent the night in fear wondering why did he come would he come back again would he hurt me would he scare me would he ask me to do something weird would he you know what was the deal with this ghost why did he come to me Well, the ghost came to open up the portal between the other side and me and to make that connection so that I could have these phenomenal paranormal experiences. And that's when all of that began. And then from then on, I began to experience uh, in the physical realm uh, absolutely phenomenal, incredible paranormal experiences. And I was never frightened again. I was never scared again. That was the only time in my life I was was ever scared. And so I always thank you. Uh, yeah, I've, I've never been still? scared again. Wow. Yeah, so, um, and I always tell the old black gentleman, you know, thank you for opening that door to me. You know, thank you for giving me the opportunity to experience these incredible things and see these things and to investigate these things and to tell other people about them. So it's, uh, 
that's how it all started. Well, do you have any idea now, today, do you have any idea who that man could have been? Have you have you researched it all to try to find out why, why this know, I, would be I, the person that did that? Right. I have, and I've puzzled that over my entire life, and I've never been able to figure out who it was. And so I, I guess it was just some spirit that either maybe once lived there or maybe hung around and saw me and knew me or got the assignment from the other side and said, hey, this is the kid we're tapping. We need you to go and open the portal so he receives this gift and can begin to experience these things and manifest these things and manifest them to others and uh, go wake this kid up, not only not only uh, <laughs> physically, literally, but but spiritually wake this kid up let's get this let's get this kid going and, great choice uh, of words yeah 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 <laughs> and i have i have never seen him again i have never once seen him again but i've always thought of him very fondly and i've i've even dedicated uh, you know made a dedication to him in my book yeah and uh, yeah so it's uh, it was to me at the time super frightening but but never since and uh, every experience I've had, I've never been afraid uh, or never been scared again ever since then, even when I was little. So uh, it was it was a, a great, uh, great awakening, uh, like you say, <laughs> in both senses of the word, <laughs> and just has led to the most incredible life uh, to have had, you know, way over this many paranormal experiences. And my TV producer, my who remained my friend after we shot the pilot, he asked me the other day, he said, how do you know you've had that many experiences? I said, I started writing them down, and I literally did. I have them written on paper, and I have files on my computer, and when things will happen, I'll log them, I'll write them down, and, and I started counting them. And so I kept track, and it's probably way, 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 way more than that. But, uh, you know, I, I kept track of the more uh, the more outstanding ones, the more melodramatic right. ones. Yeah, but to me, what people have to understand is that uh, the smallest sign or communication or manifestation from the other side, that's still a tremendous thing. We count it, it all, but think of the energy. Yeah, think of the okay, energy but, it takes to do that, to manifest that. And I so know. Every, I have to interrupt you, though. Really I have yeah. to interrupt you. I'm so sorry. But we have that's to take okay. a quick break. And I know right. that we both had our energy up really high, so we're yep. zooming. <laughs> so we will be right back. Thank you all so much for being here. And I'm going to shout out to my friend Terry Chastain, who is in chat tonight. And she is a frontline worker. So I am so glad to see her, and she is awesome. So we will be right back. Y'all come back, too. You are listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, come on. I'm Southern, but... Um, nope. That'll do. Hello. 
I am Kat Hobson, host of Paranormal Experience here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. I enjoy having guests from all areas of the paranormal, from ghosts to ufology to cryptids and beyond. You'll find some of the best researchers in their fields bringing you some great information. Join me on Wednesday nights from 8 to 10 p. Eastern here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. You're listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk only on Paranormal Experience Radio. Broadcasting live, live, live out of Birmingham, Alabama. Since 1948, Faith Magazine has brought you reports of the strange and unknown, all of them true. Fate Radio is carrying on that tradition, bringing you the unusual, macabre, strange, and bizarre. Join host Cat Pops Sunday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. You are listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting. The best in paranormal talk, only on Paranormal Experience Radio, broadcasting live out of Birmingham, Alabama. This is Jason Bland, host of Midwest Paranormal Presents Paranormal Soup, where we stream live as a webcast every Sunday night, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, with guests who will blow your mind. Live ghost box sessions where you can call into the show to see the spirits will talk to you, and the World Wide Web of Weird, with the latest in paranormal news and evidence. We're bringing the weird every Sunday night, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. Thank you for listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. The time is 23 minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Paranormal Experience with Kat Hobson. And I'm so glad y'all are there and here because we are just going to have such a great time. My friend John Russell is joining me tonight with his new book out. A knock in the attic. And I have to tell you that, yeah, I always tell people I'm going to record these breaks, but I'm not ever going to record the breaks because you could actually do so many amazing shows. And, but I'm not going to violate that trust of publishing that. But um, somebody will eventually. They'll probably just get all kinds of stuff out of that. But I think it's really special when we have those moments. And we were talking about the energy between us tonight because, you know, between trying to figure out what on earth was happening with the, the input, both of, you know, we were having weird struggles. My intro had disappeared from my playlist. That was before you got on. And so I'm trying to talk to my grandson who is three and doesn't understand you know, Bebop has to go because she has to do this. And he doesn't feel good anyway, so I was just loving on him. And, um, you know, so all this stuff was happening. 
the storms. I really thought it might have something to do with the storms. And then your energy was high. And then yeah. all of those things combined with our conversation got both of us exactly. that much higher ramped. And it's just yep. been off the chain as far as energy levels go. And I oh, am... I said during the break, I said, I'm sitting here in my chair vibrating. I said, the energy <laughs> is so high. It's crazy. It's really great. <laughs> it is, right? I mean, the stuff that got us there was kind of frustrating, and but kind of fun. I mean, it worked out. and yep. But it was just so funny because we both were like, yeah, this is happening. This is so wild. But it's a good thing. Yeah, so yeah, I inter I interrupted you, and I just did it again right there. But this was to get you back to where we were. And April said we need to send her some. So you got it, girlfriend. She's in Idaho Falls, by the way. So feel free. Uh, there you go. Well, we're sending energy out to you right now. Reach out and receive it because we have plenty to spare. I we do. It's, it's there. Yeah, it's there. We're dynamos. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, you, you connect with people every now and then like that, that you just have that spiritual energy connection, mm -hmm. and it ramps things up. And uh, that's why I always tell people that's the importance of if you can find sympathetic people that you can work with and have good energy with and raise that energy up, you can use that energy to transmit absolutely. it to people, to heal people, to help people, and so on and so forth. So, Absolutely. And I know um, I had a bout not too long ago where I just could not shake pneumonia, right? Could not shake it. Every time they almost got it gone, it came right back until I pitched a duck fit at the doctor's office one day and said, you're going to give me two rounds of that antibiotic, no refill. You're just going to give it to me, and we're going to knock this out. And he was like, ooh, okay. But, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, because you know what? I write the check, right? I get input, but anyway, so, um, you know, I had a lot of friends that were flowing to me, and it was, it was such a help. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I was, I was questioning the outcome at that point, it had been a while, but, um, like a month, month and a half of get it, almost get it gone. That, talking about that energy and, and being able to do that for others. There's an interesting thing that's happened in my life, Kat, since we're on the subject of health and healing here, just okay. real quickly. Um, I have been able to heal people off and on for most of my life, and in very dramatic ways, and I have had many bizarre chronic health issues since I was a kid, and mm -hmm. haven't been able to do anything for myself. Now, there's the concept of the wounded healer, and yes. I don't know if there's anything to it or not, but maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But uh, I remember one of the most uh, dramatic examples, or for, for me it was, I had a, uh, a dear friend that I was staying with before I moved to New York to be with my, my now wife. And uh, he, he, was, he was a, I guess I write about him in, in the book, and he was like a, a closet believer, I guess. He was like, but he was scared of the paranormal. And he told me yes. while I stayed with him, he said, he said, John, he said, I believe in your gift. I believe you're legitimate. I believe in everything you do. But if you see, hear, feel, or sense anything in this house, don't tell me. I don't want to know about it. Exactly. So I was like, okay. So we, would, we were good drinking buddies, and we had this bar that we loved. And we it was staffed 
mostly by college kids, you know, the waiters, waitresses, bartenders and things. And so we were sitting there at the bar at our usual spot drinking one night, and one of the waitresses that we knew real well came over and just kind of plopped down on the bar, you know, on her elbows there with us, and she said, my God, look at me. I said, what? And she said, look at this. And she had this this fever blister, this cold sore that had just come up on her lip, and it was like a goiter. It was like monster. Oh, my gosh. Bless her heart. I mean, like, oh, it looked like a marble. And, uh, and, you know, even with medicine, when it's just started like that, you're looking at a week or two to heal that up minimum before it, you know, really starts to go down and go away and everything. And she goes, my God, look at me. What am I going to do? I feel like an ogre. I feel like a monster. And I said, well, hey, I said, would you mind if I, if I try something? She goes, what? I said, I want to zap some, some energy into that. And she goes, yeah, okay, whatever. And so here in the middle of this crowded restaurant, sitting at the bar with all these people around, I ramped up my energy and put my finger about half an inch away from her cold sore and started sending this energy into it. So when I got through, I said, did you feel anything? She said, yeah, it got real hot and it tingled. And she said, what did you do? And I said, oh, it's an old Indian trick I learned. I just passed it off that way. And uh, she said, okay, whatever. So we continued to drink and, you know, went home after that. And the next day, very next day, we come in. We're sitting at the same spot at the bar again. And she runs up and she goes, my God, would you look at my lip? What did you do? And it was absolutely, totally, completely smooth, healed, no evidence of anything had ever been there at all. Bada bing, bada uh, bing. Yeah, and uh, and my buddy, he looked over at me and he just said, "That's some weird stuff, John." (laughs) 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 That that was one of the uh, the the better, the more fun experiences with that healing energy I've had. And I tell people, I say, "Look, this is not parlor tricks, and it's not parlor tricks from the other side. There are practical." applications to these things if we can learn how to harness them and use them and then we can help each other and and so on and so forth but there is a um, I guess kind of a practical joke aspect to the spirits on the other side because when I stayed there with my friends uh, he uh, uh, like I say he was definitely afraid of all this and so I told the guys I said look if he's gone we're here you know you can do whatever you want to but when he's home this is home you got to be quiet and you got to behave well for the most part they did but we were sitting there watching TV one night, and he had kind of an open floor plan where the living room went straight into the little dining area, and that was open to the kitchen. It was all right there real close together. And so we were sitting there watching TV, and uh, about this time from the, the kitchen, which was like literally 15, 15 feet away, something like that, real real short distance, from the kitchen came this sound like, imagine if somebody climbed up on a stepladder and dropped five or ten cookie sheets stacked together from that height. Oh, my gosh. That's what it sounded like. And he was a real good cook and kept the kitchen spotless, and I was a real good cook and kept the kitchen spotless. So we knew there was nothing astray, nothing to fall over, nothing to, you know, whatever. And uh, I looked over at him, and his, his hands had grabbed the arms of the recliner so hard that you couldn't even see his fingers. They sunk clear into oh, the arms no. of the He was he upset. Was so yeah, he was so scared. And he was sitting there just staring at the TV, and I looked over at him, and I said, Bill? And he said, uh-huh. And I said, did you hear that? And he goes, yep. And I said, ain't you going to go see what it was? And he goes, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> so 
for the rest of the night, I had to be the one to go to the kitchen and get the beers for us while we're watching TV because he would not go in that kitchen for the rest of the night. And, of course, there was nothing disturbed. Nothing was out of place. Nothing was out of order. It was like the guys on the other side were like, we just can't hold back any longer. We just got to do something. Right. So there is sometimes a kind of a, a practical joke aspect to uh, to things, you know. So every the people on the other side and the spirits and entities, they have senses of humor, too. And, and that's kind of a nice thing to know. But, well, I know they do because I see I see examples of that so often, and um, it was yeah I had an experience at a friend of mine's jail, right? I'm just mm -hmm. it never ceases to amaze me. I'm sitting in this place. All these spirits are really upset and been out of shape, and they're acting out and they're being behinds. And, right. you know, and they're trying to intimidate me and I'm, I'm just getting madder because they're messing with my computer and I didn't want to have to buy another one. And so they were mad. I was mad. All this energy. Well, I'm looking at these, I guess they're iron doors that are the cell doors in this, you know, closed jail. It had been active right. up until I think 1987. But, um, and I'm hearing them bang, you know, they're just slamming. You can hear all this noise. Nothing's moving. Right, right. Right? And like with the cookie trays, nothing's moving. And there's all yep. this racket and there's all this, like, boom. So, you know, I think that's pretty cool when you sit back and, you know, they're not trying to intimidate you with it and stuff. But, right. Right. You know, and I wasn't, I found it really odd. I would have anticipated that I would be intimidated by that, but really all I got was matter. So, yeah. you know, it's just really a, a funny thing, in my opinion, right. that they can right. do that, and, and it just makes you question yourself. Right. And it is an incredible thing that they can make these sounds mm -hmm. without the benefit of anything physical. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and of course, we know spirits can manipulate physical things. They do that frequently, yes. but it's also amazing when they can make these sounds, make these noises without the benefit of anything physical, that they can just transmit that through the air. So that's that's really incredible. Well, how do you think that happens? I have you ever asked anybody? I, I, I have tried to understand from the other side how they manipulate yeah. that and produce that. Uh, obviously, they have to be able to know how to produce a sound wave effect from the other side to this side or to manifest themselves on the side and then develop that and, and make it in such a way that we can audibly, uh, you know, respond to it, react to it. And it's uh, it has to do with energy, with vibrations, with energy waves, and them mm -hmm. somehow knowing how to manipulate those frequencies, those waves, those vibrations, whatever. You know, and that's where we're lacking in science is that, uh, you know, one of these days science will catch up with psychics. You know, but right now psychics, you know, we're the most sensitive instrument there is on this planet. You know, we can register all this stuff. We can accurately pick it up. We can describe faraway locations. We can uh, communicate with people on the other side. And science one of these days will find those waves where these spirits can make that noise and there'll be some type of easier communication i think you know there are people working on 
uh, devices right now where they're trying to get it to the point that you just pick up a phone and, and talk to somebody on the other side. You know, hey, Uncle exactly. Henry, how you doing over there? And I think someday, and I don't think it's in our lifetimes, I don't think it's that soon. I could be mistaken, but I really don't think it's going to be that soon. There's been too many uh, false starts and too many promising things that I've read about over the years that have fallen through. Yes. And uh, But I think at some point uh, that they will discover that. You know, it's just like uh, when they when they came up with x-rays, people said, well, that's crazy. There's no such thing. Well, there, there were x-rays and gamma rays and all these other things that they're invisible, but they exist and they produce physical effects. And so we learned that over the years. And I remember uh, reading something about somebody coming back and, and describing gorillas to people here. And they said, oh, you were drunk. You know, you, you saw a man in a fur coat or something. You're drunk. There's no such thing. You know, so right. we're, 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 we're always discovering. We're always learning. And for as sophisticated as we think that we are, uh, we're, we're not really. I mean, I saw today on the Internet on a news story, uh, they had found this 2,000-year-old Roman shoe in the bottom of the yes. well. And it looks just like what women wear today. I mean, it has this high fashion, high class design, and it's got laces, and it's really, uh, you know, it's a, it's like wow. And you know, we think we're so far advanced, we think we've come so far, and we're and and we haven't. We're you know, we're not we're not really that advanced. I remember, and and this this relates to the paranormal. What I'm talking about. I remember a um, a doctor, medical doctor, uh, looked at the uh, the tree panning tools or trepanning tools that they used in like ancient Egypt to do brain surgery. And he said, you know, as primitive as this is, we could do a credible job of surgery with them today, using them today. Mm-hmm. He said, we have more more advanced techniques now, but we could use these. And then I remember I rode my motorcycle over to uh, one of the museums here in, in Florida that I love to go to, and they had an exhibit of some of the items that um, came out of uh, Pompeii, I believe it was, and uh, Pompeii or Vesuvius. But anyways, um, they had all these, you know, thousands of year old items and in one display case I went over and looked and there was this pair of tweezers and it's the exact shape uh, shape design and, and configuration size and everything if you went to um, to Walmart and bought a pair of tweezers today held it up beside it it would look exactly the same and wow. uh, I, I, That's was, interesting. I, yeah, I, was, I was just astonished and then I turned around I've been a gardener since I was a kid and I turned around and immediately from the same era thousands of years ago recognized these gardening tools and they look just about like what I use in my gardening today I mean there was not any difference at all and so we think we've made all these huge advancements and you know what we're really lacking in right now is the advancement in spirituality compassion humanity mm-hmm. and healing and all of those things and we're we're just not making those advancements you know we're we're sending a toy up to Mars to run around by remote control and we got people living in cardboard boxes on the street down here we need to do something about. And those there you go. Things. So that, yeah, so that's my emphasis on the paranormal is that, hey, look, you know, we're, we're not even scratching the surface of this yet, and we need to do some serious research. And what hampers that is that uh, people, well, okay, I can believe in a psychic, but I don't believe mm-hmm. in UFOs. Or I believe in UFOs, but I can't believe in Bigfoot. Or, right. you know, I, and you know, we gotta we gotta synchronize all this stuff, put all this stuff together. We gotta get out of our own little private camps. We gotta be able to say, well, okay, maybe because it's just like I write about in my first book, Writing with Ghosts. Yeah. When I was in my late teens, maybe early twenties, 
I had had all these bajillion paranormal experiences, concrete physical manifestations, and I did not believe in UFOs. I had read the interviews, the books, the stories, the magazines, and I was like, no, 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 just don't wash with me until I had my first physical UFO experience, a sighting in broad daylight with other witnesses, and I had to change religion sins because... There you go, on the spot, right? Yeah. There it is. Yeah, on the spot. I had to switch denominations because it's like, okay, there it is. And I think that, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say we're at our next break, but what were you going to say? Okay, great. Okay, good. Now, that's fine. We'll we'll go ahead and take a break, and we'll rock on from there. We'll come back and talk a little bit more about what's going on with UFOs right now. Oh, my gosh. Huge. We'll be right back. Y'all come back, too. You are listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk, only on Paranormal Experience Radio, broadcasting live out of Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, come on. I'm Southern, but... Um, nope. That'll do. Hello, I am Kat Hobson, host of Paranormal Experience here on WBHN Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. I enjoy having guests from all areas of the paranormal, from ghosts to ufology to cryptids and beyond. You'll find some of the best researchers in their fields bringing you some great information. Join me on Wednesday nights from 8 to 10 p. Eastern here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. Since 1948, Fate Magazine has brought you reports of the strange and unknown, all of them true. Fate Radio is carrying on that tradition, bringing you the unusual, macabre, strange, and bizarre. Join host Cat Hops Sunday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. Listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk, only on Paranormal Experienced Radio, broadcasting live out of Birmingham, Alabama. Welcome back to WBHM Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. You're listening to Paranormal Experience with Kat Hobson, and my guest tonight is John Russell, who is a psychic. Well, yeah, you see people, so I think you're also a medium. And he is also a UFO experiencer, causing you to change religions in a single moment. I think that's a great way to put it, because it's the daggum truth. So. Let's let her rip. I mean, let's take this subject down. You, I interrupted you to go to break, and oh, I can't great. wait. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll discuss this now at length. You know, we've had uh, the thing that amazes me is our news media, because here in the American Military News, which I subscribe to, and you can look that up online, American Military News. Here, oh, what was it? <laughs> Excuse me, a month or two ago. Um. 
you know, I'm from West Texas, and I get in the mm-hmm. bad Texas habit of saying here the other day, and it could have been 10 years ago, but I think it was like a month or two ago. <laughs> and the Pentagon said that they had anomalous UFO debris in their possession that they were testing. Now, that's a statement from the Pentagon, okay? That's not now, exciting at all. At this, Yeah, that's not exciting. At this stage of the game, you'd expect people to be running out in the streets with their hair on fire going, what, what? And you'd expect the New York Times and the Post and everybody else on the planet to be digging into this and nothing, radio silence. Crickets, and then, except for Tucker Carlson. Cricket, cricket. And then just uh, a few weeks ago, uh, the uh, former director of mm-hmm. national intelligence under the Bush uh, or Trump administration, I'm sorry, under Trump, who's retired now, he's the former director, he was on a Fox News interview yeah. and stated that the UFOs are real. We've picked them up on our multiple satellites. We've picked them up on multiple sensors. It's not just one uh, Navy pilot story of capturing it on the uh, the Cameron is jet. It's multiple pilots and multiple encounters and experiences. They don't know what all of them are. They they have no control over these things. More than one uh, person now, you know, way back in the Blue Book era, if you wrote an ask, and I did back in the Blue Book era, yes. I wrote an ask, you know, I, I want to know what's going on because doesn't this pose a threat to our national security? And I received an official letter back from our government, our military, stating that, no, we have not seen anything that we would uh, say is a threat to national security. Now, they're saying these things possibly pose a threat to national security. One article, I think it was in the New York Times, uh, quoted someone as saying they do pose a threat to our national security. So there's been this 100-degree turnaround now. But, I mean, here we've seen the, the footage. The footage has been acknowledged as real. Uh, the director of national intelligence has come out and said this stuff is real. And we're sitting here wondering when the next stimulus check is going to be instead of going, what? You know, get us some answers here. What is going on? Now, you know, the government knows. Well, the government knows that they're at, that they have no control. And for them to come out. They know what these things are. Yes. They know what's going on. And Senator Harry Reid, in multiple interviews, has said, yes, the government knows. What's been revealed is the tip of the iceberg. There's a ton of it that's buried and kept hidden and kept secret, and it needs to be revealed to the public. Now, that's Senator Harry Reid saying that. So the government knows. And then the question becomes, okay, why does the government continue to hide this? Because they don't understand it, and they can't control it. Well, that's one of the theories, and the other theory that's that's become pretty prevalent in uh, recent years is uh, that there is a, uh, a, uh, a collective of these extraterrestrial intelligences that have met with the leaders on our yes. planet, or at least the treaties, and have made a treaty or an agreement yes. that, okay, you know, we can grab some people here and a cow there and whatever, and we'll give you privy to this or that or the other. Well, if that's the case, that sucks. You know, that that violates... Oh, well, yeah, that violates everything that humans stand for. It violates everything. It's it's just ridiculous. It's just horrible. And what I have to point out about all the UFO things from the get-go, from the beginning, uh, and and let's, let's lay aside, let's kill right now 
the argument that it's, well, it could be advanced Russian intelligence, it could be advanced Chinese intelligence, it could be ours. Let's kill that right now because you go back and, and paintings way back before such technology existed and there's UFOs in the paintings. I yes. mean, that's, that's common knowledge. Uh, I've talked to Native American spirits that have come back to connect with me in the parks here where they lived and roamed these lands, and they told me that way back then they saw these things in the skies. That technology did not exist back then, and yet they were here. So it's not our technology or somebody else's technology. It's their technology, whoever they right. are. But, I mean, the Hopi now, interacted the, with them. I think all of the tribes did. Yeah, it seems and, like a lot of the tribes had interactions with these, yes. and it's frustrating that they don't come out and say, you know, hey, what's what? this is what they told us or whatever, but then some of the accounts that I've read with them, it seems like they didn't get the information that they wanted either. It was kind of right. a, a superficial interaction. So my problem with all of this, um, you know, people say, well, uh, they, they have to be benign, uh, benevolent or at least benign because they could have wiped us out or enslaved us or whatever. Well, I don't buy that argument, either the benevolent or the benign, because, and here's why, uh, if you look at all the abduction reports that are credible, Travis Walton comes to mind, Barney and Betty Hill comes to mind. These were people that were put through the, the grill, multiple tests, passed them all, all this stuff, and, and are absolutely 100% credible. So if you look at the abduction reports, these are people taken against their will, without their consent, and violated by experiments. Now, that's immoral. That's unethical. Well, Travis actually got caught in their wash. He he has, um, it's possible that they took him to save him because well, yeah, he feels yeah, like. There's a lot, of, a lot of speculation there about yeah. that, but, but the other people that are experimented on against their will, they're Absolutely. against their will, they're experimented Absolutely. against their will, that's unethical, okay? Well, now, it's the unethical. other problem I have is, is that if, uh, if these intelligences are so advanced, and if they are benevolent, or at the very least benign, throw us a bone. You know, yes. I mean, we're choking ourselves. We're choking ourselves to death on our energy problems. Help us yeah, out there. Uh, yeah, fix Fukushima. Just go fix Fukushima. Yeah, come down and uh, you know have have somebody break ranks and come down and contact somebody here on Earth and say, look. Uh, we can't stop the volcanoes, we can't stop the earthquakes, we can't stop the floods, but if you'll take this and compound this and give it to the sick and dying kids in St. Jude, it'll cure all of their cancers. Give us a bone, throw us a bone. If you're that advanced, yeah. if you're that so far, you know, so far above us, help us out. Give us some healing, give us some insight, give us some knowledge. And uh, a good friend and I were talking about this the other day, and he said, you know, the problem with if they come and, and land on the, the White House lawn, and yeah, we're here, and here it is, finally we get public disclosure, and they start telling us, well, here's our belief, and here's what God really is, and here's what the meaning of life really is. How are we going to know if they're telling us the truth or not? We don't. You meet somebody that's a total stranger to you, and they can spin every kind of yarn on the planet there is to you, and you don't know if they're telling you the truth or not. People lie routinely. And people make up hideous stories. I mean, there have been numerous people, and I have met some of these people, that claimed that they were in battle in Vietnam and such and such a unit and were decorated and got the Purple Heart and got this and got that and got the other. They were never even in the military, you know. Yeah. So we routinely lie. People routinely make up things for whatever reasons. 
And so how do we know that these beings aren't going to do the same thing? So that is a big concern to me. That's a big worry to me. But the big thing is, like, going back to the compassion issue, if I'm driving down the street I see somebody with a flat tire, I don't know the person. It's not going to help me out. I'm not going to make any money for helping them, but I'm going to pull over and see if I can help them. Hey, do you have a jack? No, right. well, I've got one. I'll, I'll change your tire, you know. Uh, well, I don't have a jack. I don't either, but do you have AAA? No, well, I do. I'll call them, and I'll sit here with you till they get here and make sure you're going to be okay. I don't right. know them from Adam, but you do that of normal human compassion. Now, in all of these intelligences up there, if they're that lacking in compassion, that they can't come down here and say, hey, God, you know, let's throw these people a bone. Let's help them out a little bit. We cured cancer a long time ago, you know. Let's, yeah. let's help these guys. So that's one thing you have to look at, and what prevents that? Is it our government? Is it some coalition of evil? Is there some malevolent, uh, you know, energy, spirits, or whatever that... that uh, the prime directive. Yeah, the, and, uh, yeah, the prime directive and that I don't agree with. You know, it's like people say, well, did you ever watch Star Trek? The prime directive will observe, but we won't interfere. That's nuts. It's like, remember it is Sam nuts. Kennison? How could you not? How could you not interfere? Remember Sam Kennison, the, the screaming comedian, the yes. yelling comedian? He, I did. He was so great. And one time he was making a point in his comedy routine. He said, you know, we have these news crews go over to these countries where kids are starving in the dirt streets and all this and all that. And the cameraman's right there focusing in. And he says, can't the cameraman give the kid a sandwich, for God's sake? You know, right. It's like, you know, do something, help something. You know, our normal inclination for normal human beings is to be of help and to show compassion and so if you extrapolate that to this vast universe, some of that's got to be out there somewhere. So why don't we get that help? And so that's that's one of the big bugaboos I have with the, the UFO thing going on. And it's like I told my friend, if the government comes clean, which I doubt they will, I think they'll give us another little dribble of something and expect us to be satisfied with it. Bag and pony but, show. Uh, yeah, if, I, I think that if the, they landed on the White House lawn and here it is, disclosure, and everybody in the world's aware of it, and we begin this interaction. It still doesn't answer the spiritual question: Who yep. created them? Where did they come from? You know, what's their religious experience? How does that jive with ours? And uh, what if so they found while they were flying everywhere? Exactly, and and so you still have to go behind the physical to the spiritual. That's the underpinning of everything, still, regardless of what's going on. And I think that's a lot of my frustration in a lot of these investigations that are going on. They don't look at the psychic aspects or the spiritual aspects or the paranormal supernatural aspects. They're all geared on the, the, you know, strictly the technical or the material aspects of it. But again, there's that spiritual question. Okay, if they're here, they're from another planet, what, who created them? Where did they come from? You know, everything has to have a creation story, an origin of some type. And uh, so... And people say, you know, there's a lot of ufologists now that are uh, brooking the argument that, well, we're their creation. They created us and they manipulated our genetics or whatever all along the way. Fine and dandy. Who created them? Yes. <laughs> you know, we still go to that. The question is still so there. It's still there. And that's the thing that we have to answer. That That's the thing we have to keep first and foremost in our mind. And again, dealing with any entity that you experience, whether it's an, an alien or, or a spiritual being or whatever, you don't just automatically assume that that entity is telling you the truth or leading you in the right direction. You want it to prove itself, and you want to, you know, 
trust is earned. Trust is earned. And the fact that um, that we still, that they only show themselves enough to get people in trouble exactly. when they mention that they've right. seen them, right? Yeah. So right. Um, right. we're about to go to break, but April has put in here that she's going to throw this out there, and she understands it's not a favorable you know, opinion. What if they're actually angels and falling angels and the restrainer in the Bible is holding them back from revealing themselves and bringing out their knowledge as in the days of Enoch? And when they do, the restrainer will have been removed and it is the abomination of desolation and welcome to the tribulation. Yeah. Now we'll address that when we come back from the break. Yes. So, and we've got other stuff too. So y'all come back. We are having some... Good discussion. I am enjoying this conversation. And we have some other questions about your healing experiences, too. So Great. you're going to be a busy guy when you get back. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I know, right? So, everyone, this is the top of the news, top of the hour news. And let's hope for something good. You know, I'm always looking. Y'all come back. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Wompley. Wompley is committed to helping self-employed workers and small businesses get their PPP loan. Application determines eligibility. Apply for free at WOMPLY.com slash NPR. Live from NPR News, I'm Jack Spear. Defense witness testimony is in its second day in the murder trial of former police officer Derek Chauvin. As NPR's Walter Ray Watson reports, the defense is trying to chip away at the prosecution's case that George Floyd died because Chauvin knelt on his neck for more than nine minutes. Attorney Eric Nelson asked Dr. David Fowler, a former chief medical examiner, about the cause of George Floyd's death last May. Fowler asserted many causes, among them an irregular heart rhythm, the ingestion of opioids, and the inhaling of carbon monoxide from a squad car close to where police restrained Floyd. Fowler maintained Floyd's death, by professional standard, was undetermined. Is when you've got so many conflicting different potential mechanisms of death that could lead to, um, yeah, so therefore the manner is not clear. The prosecution has begun cross-examination, and Hennepin County Judge Peter Cahill will allow rebuttal witnesses to Fowler's testimony on Thursday. Walter Ray Watson... NPR News, Minneapolis. The Minnesota prosecutor has charged the former suburban Minneapolis police officer who fatally shot and killed a 20-year-old motorist. The officer, 26-year veteran Kim Potter, was arrested and charged with second-degree manslaughter in the case, the death of Duante Wright. The shooting has ignited days of unrest. Brooklyn Center Mayor Mike Elliott saying today, given the circumstances, it's not surprising. With the news of the decision to charge the former Brooklyn Center police officer with manslaughter, comes a prolonged period of continued grieving, hurt, and understandable anger. Potter resigned from the Brooklyn Center Police Department after the incident in which police officials say she accidentally shot Wright, pulling a gun instead of the taser she intended to use. If convicted, the veteran officer could face up to 10 years in prison. Veterans of the war in Afghanistan are reacting to President Biden's plan to withdraw troops. NPR's Quill Lawrence reports vets increasingly support ending the war. 
A majority of Iraq and Afghanistan veterans polled don't believe those wars were worth fighting, according to the nonpartisan Pew Center. That number is growing, says Dan Caldwell with Concerned Veterans for America, a conservative group. He would have preferred the May 1st deadline set by President Trump, but... I think the plan that President Biden has laid out is a good one, and uh, we are supportive of this full withdrawal from Afghanistan. Of course, opinions vary. Specifically, veterans who worked closely with Afghan troops are sounding the alarm that a U.S. departure means a bloody civil war in Afghanistan, which could draw the U.S. back in. Quill Lawrence, NPR News. Automaker Ford's announced additional plant shutdowns due to the global semiconductor shortage. Five of its facilities in the U.S. and one in Turkey. The number two U.S. automaker did not provide information on how many vehicles could be on hold due to the latest stop downs. A mixed close on Wall Street today. The Dow was up 53 points. The Nasdaq fell 138 points. You're listening to NPR News. The Idaho House has killed a budget bill funding K-12 teachers' salaries. Some Republican representatives are demanding guarantees teachers won't include social justice concepts in their lessons. From Boise State Public Radio, James Dawson is more. This is the second education budget Idaho House Republicans have killed over concerns about critical race theory, a concept that finds U.S. legal institutions function to maintain economic and political inequalities between whites and non-whites. Republican Representative Heather Scott and others say they support teachers, but they want to bar these ideas in public schools. We need to protect our teachers from being forced to teach this garbage of social justice, including critical race theory. The $1.1 billion budget would have included raises for Idaho teachers whose salaries rank well below the national average. For NPR News, I'm James Dawson in Boise, Idaho. The Wisconsin Supreme Court has ruled that Governor Tony Evers does not have the authority to limit capacity of bars, restaurants, and other businesses in his state without the approval of state lawmakers. The ruling comes just two weeks after the conservative-controlled court also struck down a mask mandate Evers had put in place. The state Supreme Court ruled last year in a similar case the Democratic governor needed approval from the GOP-controlled legislature to shut down businesses early in the pandemic. Conservative majority of the state court in the latest case ruled 4-3 against Evers. Crude oil futures prices moved sharply higher today. Oil was up $2.97 a barrel, ending the session at 63.15 a barrel on the New York Mercantile Exchange. I'm Jack Spear, NPR News. Welcome back to Paranormal Experience with Kat Hobson. That's me. And I have to tell you that if you missed the first hour with my guest, John Russell, you are so going to have to go back and listen to that archive because you aren't going to believe this show. We started out with just tremendous energy between a little technical wazoo going on and obviously caused by the power of the storms over the Gulf. I am on the coast tonight and John's energy and my energy were ramping up. And I'm going to tell you when that happens, it does create issues sometimes. (laughs) And now it's just turned out, it does. I mean, you know, it's just an amazing thing how that can happen. So, It is kind of, it's still really high, but it's kind of focused now. So everything seems to be going a little smoother, you know, technologically wise. But before we went to the break, we have transitioned to ufology. And April had asked a question relevant to, you know, 
the possibility of the UFOs being angels and fallen angels. And, you know, the bringing, you know, their knowledge as in the days of Enoch. So here we are. Well, I think that, uh, first off, let me state a position here that I don't want to step on anybody's religious beliefs. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. don't want to step on anybody's toes. I was raised a Christian. When you read my book, A Knock in the Attic, you'll find out I was raised in a Presbyterian church. Uh, my family was very religious. Uh, I studied the Bible like crazy. I eventually became a legitimately ordained minister, not the degree mill kind, but a real ordained minister. I uh, was associate pastor of a small church for a while. And uh, so I know the machinations of religion inside and out, the machinations of the church inside and out. Now, having said that, having learned all of that, and again, this is not to step on anybody's toes or anybody's thoughts or, or theories or anything else, but if um, if these are fallen angels, if the minders are keeping them from interacting or whatever, this and the other, they're doing a pretty poor job of it. Because look at the abduction reports, look at the cattle mutilations, look at these other things. If the minders are supposed to be keeping this from occurring, the minders aren't very strong. And you have to look at the prevalence of evil that we have in this world and the problems that we have in this world. And you look at it and you say, where is the good? Where is the light? Where is the power to restrain this and overcome it? Because it's not restrained. And if you look back in history, it never has been restrained. I had somebody ask me today, uh, a client I was reading for today, I had, uh, she said, my, my mother wants me to ask you a question. I said, okay, go ahead. She said, are we in the end times? And I said, no, you know, because of everything that's happening. And I said, the problem in our perception is, and I'll, I'll get back more to the UFOs here in a little bit, but the problem with our perception is, is that, for example, myself, I'm 67 years old, so I have lived what I think is this huge slice of life. And what I have lived is this little bitty, teeny, tiny sliver that would not even be a visible line on the timeline of history that this world has been around. Yes. And in my mind, I know it all, I've experienced it at all, I've learned it all, da-da-da-da-da, and then I find out that there was the Baghdad battery, and I find out that they have reliable reports that there may have been computers 2,000 years ago, and, and then I see the shoe dug out from the bottom of a well from 2,000 years ago, and it looks like what you'd go down and, and buy in a store today, and all these types of things. So, you know... It's, and very ornate. Whoops. I heard it was, the voice. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. It was very ornate for what we consider for that period. Yeah. And in great yeah, shape. Really yeah. So, you know, the the problem is that we look at what's happening in our lifetime as the fulfillment of everything, and it's not. You know, we're just a little line in the in the long timeline of history. Now, most people don't realize, for example, that both Christianity and Judaism are Johnny-come-lately religions. There were organized religions going back, back way back before Judaism and Christianity. And everybody has had... There, it's the end of the world. Whoever's coming to save us is coming to save us scenario. Everybody said that. Look at the Mayan calendar. The Mayan calendar predicted the end of the world, which, of course, was wrong. Um, so we, we have all these end-time scenarios, and we've had them for thousands of years, and people don't realize that. 
that all of these religions have had their end time scenarios and their doomsday scenarios and their predictions of this is the date when the earth will end. Well, guess what? It hadn't. And I firmly believe that it's not any time soon, and I firmly believe that we're not in the end times. And people say, well, look how wicked that uh, that we are, and look at all the things going on, look at the pandemic, look at this, look at that. Hey, look, go back to the bubonic plague, go back thousands of years, the plagues, wars, starvation, famines, illness, disease, eruptions, Mount Vesuvius, Pompeii, on and on and on. Go back to all these things that have existed for thousands of years. And people in those times, you know, said, well, this is it. This is the end. Here it is. But no, the earth rocks on, you know. And I saw one time um, there was a link. I'd have to hunt and see if I can find it among all these bookmarks and crash computers (laughs) over the years. But there was a link. And a guy had sit down and written down the most relevant end of times predictions for our lifetime from occultists, supernaturalists, psychics, ministers, preachers, reverends, rabbis, on and on and on and on and on. And, uh, and uh, you know, everybody had detailed, uh, people would sell their possessions and go up on the mountaintop and wait, and of course nothing happens, and everybody's like, oh, geez, now what do we do? And so that's been the scenario over and over and over. So I don't believe this is a sign of the end times. If you will study history, Life has always been hard. It's always been precarious. It's always been beset by signs, omens, mysteries, wonders, crazy beasts, UFO appearances, supernatural appearances, angelic appearances, um, floods, famines, earthquakes, wars, pestilence. That's gone on forever. If you go back and study recorded history, it's always been there. So is that a reliable indicator of the end of times? No. No not even close, because we've always experienced that. And again, let's not step on anybody's toes. Believe what you want to believe, but the facts dispute that. The facts say otherwise. And that's what I choose to put with in my life. That's why I became a paranormal investigator, is let's find out what the truth is, and let's let the truth take us there. And if it destroys our belief system on the way, fine and dandy, just like the UFO destroyed my belief system that there weren't any. Well, guess what? And so we we have to be willing to go where the truth leads us. And like I say, going back to that issue, if they are the minders, if they are these beings that are supposedly keeping them from this interaction and and da 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 da, da they're doing a terrible job of it because they they're, they're not keeping you know we're not keeping them from interaction. We have these abductions, we have these cattle mutilations, we have these things going in and out at will. And here's a good one for you. I watched a documentary. Now, this is well known that the UFOs will come and hover over our military bases, and they will shut down our nuclear missiles. Now, what does that mean, shut down our nuclear missiles? It means that they take them offline, they power them off, they're not available to launch, they won't respond to a launch command. They're completely offline. And then when the UFOs leave, the missiles gradually come back online. So I've seen two documentaries now with yes. verified people that were in the military. One guy was in the in the silo there. That's what his job was, to launch the missiles. He was in the silo when the UFO came over, shut the missiles down. And in one instance, the UFO left, the missiles came back online. Two of them were in launch mode and had to be manually taken out of launch mode. Wow. So if the miners are looking after us, they ain't looking after us very good. They ain't looking after us very well. So, and that's happened twice now. There were two instances reported 
by the people in the launch centers where the the uh, missiles came back online in launch mode and had to be manually taken out of launch mode. They were ready to go. They were going. So, you know, the, the miners aren't doing a very good job of, of whatever. And I always tell people tongue-in-cheek, I say, you know, either these guys are up to mischief or when the craft sped away, Ziggy turned to Smorf and hit him on the shoulder and said, Idiot, you left a couple of them in launch mode. Look what you really did. You, know, so, you left the lights on. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it's not funny either way. You have to make a little fun of it to kind of tongue-in-cheek to survive, but it's not funny either way. So, like I say, you know, and as people say, well, you know, everything's in the hand of God and everything's fine. No, it's not. You know, we're in dire shape down here, and we always have been. And we need that help. We need that intercession. We need that intervention. But as of someone who is an ordained minister and who's been a practicing psychic his whole life and a paranormal researcher his whole life, the reality of it is the real, reliable, honest truth. It's real hard to find. It's real difficult to come by. And what we do get, uh, the other side plays peekaboo with us. We don't get what we want when we want it most of the time. I always tell people you can't make an appointment with a UFO. You take what you get when you can get it. Now, I know Stephen Greer says he can, but I don't believe that either. I don't think that's very reliable. And I disagree with a lot of Stephen's postulations with all due respect to him. But right. um, he's he's like, you know, well, the Space Brothers come in peace and everybody's good and everything's great and we're evil, we're mankind, we're horrible, and da-da-da-da. I don't buy that. I simply don't buy that. I cannot. Well, you know, I get so tired of of humanity being billed as you know, corrupt guys. and evil and the bad guys, we are yeah. not because no, as, not. No, as, not. A, as a species, you know, we take care where we are. Right. You know, Most of us, I think, try our best to. And yes, there are greedy corporations and greedy people that that totally disregard things and disregard the well-being of the planet and disregard the well-being of others. That's obvious, yes. But, uh, you know, all of us down here sitting under that power grouse about it, and a lot of us do everything we can to change it and to make it better. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I do not buy that. I had one person on one pad podcast I was on in the chat room. They said, well, they don't come and help us or do anything to save us because we're just not worth it. And I so totally disagree with that. You know, tell yes. that person that said that your wife isn't worth it, your dad isn't worth it, your mother isn't worth it. Tell them that. Let's make it personal, then let's see if it's worth it or not. Then the tune changes, you know. So I don't buy that. I think we are worth it. I think we are not the bad guys in this scenario. Uh, if there's bad actors out there, it's the people that do have the power that are doing things behind the scenes and won't tell us what they're doing and why. Yes. And, uh, you know, humanity at large, I don't, I don't put us down as the bad guy. I put down a lot of us as misled. And what I always tell people is, if I had been raised in Russia, I'd be singing Putin's praises. But I was raised in the U.S., so I sing my president's praises. And somebody yep. else somewhere says they've got the right culture. They have the right religious system. They have the right belief system. They have the right way of life. And it's that way everywhere you go. And that's what we have to get past. You know, Stanton Friedman, whom you knew, talked yep. about that constantly, tribal warfare, that tribal yeah. mentality, tribal warfare. And that's what we have to get past. And I've got very, very dear friends that look, you know, Indian food, isn't that marvelous? Isn't it a great thing? Chinese food, Mexican food, all these wonderful things that come from these cultures that we can enjoy. And I have a friend that denigrates that. 
you know, well, these idiots, what have they ever produced? What have they ever done? It's like, you know, people from all over the globe have done fascinating, marvelous, wonderful right. things. And if we could get past this tribalism, and I'm not talking for the one world government of the Antichrist or any of that BS. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying if we can get past that tribalism, hang on to your culture, hang on to your race, hang on to your ethnicity, whatever. But get past the tribal warfare and come together and let's work together to make this place as great as it can be without the interference of being under the subjection to these leaders that keep us in the dark and that, you know, destroy the earth for a, a buck and, and enslave us for a buck and so on and so forth. If we can get to that point, wow, you know, some, some real progress will be made. Well, from your mouth to God's ear, right? There you go. That and so, a dollar will get us a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think that I love this thought, obviously, and I I think that I have had experiences beyond consciousness. So yeah. I I sat in I was allowed to sit in on an experiencer group at um at a UFO convention. And right. as the lecture part went, I got so antsy. And I get that way when there's something uncomfortable being revealed, whether it's psychically, whether it's physically, whatever. Right. Um, right. Emotionally, all of those things tie up into one nice little bow. And I was just, when they started talking about signs of interaction, I, I'm not going to say abduction, I'm going to say interaction. It was just like, okay. All of these are resonating, and I think I'm out of here. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yep. I didn't yep. really leave because um, it was being moderated by someone I really trusted, and and I wanted to be able to talk about it after. So it's just one of those amazing, amazing things. And we are going to break, and when we come back, we are going to answer some of these questions because they're excellent questions. And oh, I can't answer them. They're all about you. So I know we will be, (laughs) yeah, and it'll be great because I'm going to tell you, he has answers and this is John Russell. You're listening to paranormal experience with Kat Hobson on WBHM digital broadcasting. And we will be right back. You are listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, Birmingham, Alabama. Paratalk Radio is your one stop for all things paranormal, the unknown, and the supernatural. Join us every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central for discussions and guests on topics such as ghosts, hauntings, Bigfoot, UFOs, and more. This broadcast is rated M for mature and intended for listeners over 16 on paratalkradio.com. Oh, come on. 
I'm Southern, but... Um, nope. That'll do. Hello, I am Kat Hobson, host of Paranormal Experience here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. I enjoy having guests from all areas of the paranormal, from ghosts to ufology to cryptids and beyond. You'll find some of the best researchers in their fields bringing you some great information. Join me on Wednesday nights from 8 to 10 p. Eastern here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. Since 1948, Fate Magazine has brought you reports of the strange and unknown, all of them true. Fate Radio is carrying on that tradition, bringing you the unusual, macabre, strange, and bizarre. Join host Cat Hops Sunday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. Thank you for listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. Since 1948, Fate Magazine has brought you reports of the strange and unknown, all of them true. Fate Radio is carrying on that tradition, bringing you the unusual, macabre, strange, and bizarre. Join host Cat Hops Sunday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on WBHM Digital Broadcast. The time is 23 minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Paranormal Experience. I am so glad that you are here with me because I have a fantastic guest and we have been having just a rousing discussion. The chat's all in a Twitter. And it's been awesome. John Russell, who knew, right? Well, we knew when the energy started going crazy. But this is just excellent. And our first question for you, because I want to make sure I get them. Denise wants to know, and this is who I had mentioned about the healing, but she wants to know how you know if you're seeing a spirit or a person, because the only way she can tell is that she can't see their feet. Sense of, of energy, a different energy about them than there is from a, from a normal human being. So personally, that's that's how I make the distinction. Okay, could you say just the, that last part of that because your sound wasn't working. And oh, sorry, okay. My apologies. Okay, yeah, just uh, so for me, uh, either the person is solid and they disappear or I get this unique energy from the manifestation that I say, okay, this is not a person, this is a spirit. This is somebody that's not right. a, a normal human being in a physical body. This is a manifestation of some kind. So that, for me, is, is in particular how I, how I get it. And what else did you say? Because it was awesome. Oh, um that was it, I think. It was just, and when they uh, disappear. Oh, yeah, when, uh, <laughs> when they disappear. Like if, if I see somebody in full body form and clothes and yeah. then uh, a second later they're gone, then, yeah, that's that's a spirit that gives you the clue. Yeah, absolutely. You had to have that line in there. I don't know where that glitch went, but I'm glad that, that we were able to get that answered in time. And now, um, 
my friend Terry, who I mentioned, um, her son wants to know your best experience of healing, and Elijah is also wondering how extensive your healing has gone. How extensive has it gone? Um, I can answer that both of those questions with one example. And this did not come as a healing force or energy directly through me, but it was directed through me in one of my psychic readings. And it's a marvelous, marvelous, marvelous story. Uh, I got a call from a client one day, new client, and uh, she said, I am uh, coming to you to learn how to die. And that was how she opened the conversation. And I said, whoa. I said, okay, wait a minute here. I said, let me ask you a question. Be honest with me. Are you going to kill yourself? She said, no, 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 I'm not suicidal. But she said, I have stage four cancer. She said, I've been under the treatment of one of the best specialists in the entire country. And he told me I have about two weeks, go home and get my affairs in order. So how do I die? What's it like to go over to the other side? How do I get ready? What do I do? I said, oh, that's a great question. Boy, kind of blew my hair back. And so I began to communicate with my guys on the other side. And I said, okay, well, here is what I am told. I said, uh, I said, for one thing, your father is on the other side, isn't he? And she said, yeah, and I gave her a description. She so said, yeah, that's him. That's, that's how he looked. And I said, okay, your father tells me it's not your time, and spirit tells me that it's not your time. And she said, John, she said, you know, I, I looked at your website. I read your testimonials. I have over 80 client testimonials on my website. She said, I read your testimonials. She said, everything's really impressive. But she said, I, I don't know you. And she said, although everything looks really impressive, really great, you know, she said, I've gone to this, this cancer specialist for all these years, and he's uh, the premier guy in the country, and he tells me I've got two weeks to live, and you're telling me no. And I said, just, just do me a favor here. Just assume that I could be right, that the information I'm receiving is correct. Let's just assume that. She goes, okay. So there was a, a particular book that has this particular technique in it that I told her to use for healing. And the other side gave me to tell her how many um, hours or, or minutes at a time, which eventually went to hours during a day, that she should do this technique and do it every single day without missing and do it for a solid year. And I said, now, what they are telling me is that if you do this like I've told you, and I said, there's going to be days you're going to curse me, you're going to curse God, you're going to curse yourself, you're going to curse everybody around you. That's fine. Keep doing it. And I said, you're going to have one step forward, two steps back. That's fine. Keep doing it. And I said, if you'll keep doing this like I've told you for six months, your hair will be back, your appetite will be back, you'll be back to work. And that's not done and over with yet. When you get to that point, keep doing it for the full year, and you'll be completely fine. And I said, now... Let's just assume that I'm right. I said, let's assume that you do live. Wouldn't you rather live healthy than live sick? And she said, well, yeah, okay, that that makes sense. So she did it, and she kept in touch with me. And in six months, she called me, and she said, John, she said, my hair is back, my weight's back, my energy's back, and I've gone back to work. Now, this is a woman, the best specialist in the country, said you got two weeks to, to get your hair right. in order. You're going to... And then I said, okay, now I told you this would happen, and I told you you got six months more to go. Don't slack off. Don't quit. Keep doing this. So she did, and at the end of a year, she called me back, and she said, John, she said, I would give anything if you could have been with me in my doctor's office, the specialist that told me this. 
there's when you have cancer and it gets cured by whatever means, remission, supernatural healing, whatever, uh, chemotherapy, even with supernatural healing sometimes, there will be markers left in the body that indicate that you had cancer. I didn't know that, but she's telling me this, telling me what the doctor told her, and I've since confirmed that fact with medical doctors I know and nurses I know and so on and so forth, so that's true. Right. And, and so she said, John, she said, I sit there in his office, and he came out with blood tests, x-rays, and everything else, and sit down and just stared at me for a long time. And he said, you know, he said, I just, I, I can't understand this at all. He said, I sent you home a year ago with two weeks to live and told you to get your affairs in order. And he said, you're sitting here, you got your hair back, your weight's back, uh, you know, you went back to work, all these things. And he said, what I don't understand now, he said, that's miraculous enough. But he said, what I don't understand now is that I've run every test on you known to mankind, and he said there's not even any markers left in your body to indicate that you ever had cancer. So that powerful physical healing is possible, and I think that's the deepest and most dramatic, most powerful story that I can give you that I have personal knowledge of and that I was personally able to experience and interact with and be a part of. And uh, so, so that answers that question. Now, with that said, uh, there's... Will people that will do the exact same thing and they're going to die? Why I don't know. Maybe we do have an appointed time. I don't know, but uh, I've I've been privy to a number of wonderful miraculous healings. Oh, there is one other I can give you since I asked this question. Asked about personal involvement uh, for a while. I I had to take the city bus there in, in town where I was living with my buddy Bill, and uh, there was a guy that had had back surgery. And he was wearing a brace and a and walking with a cane and everything. And it was obvious the pain he was in when he'd get on the bus. Well, we kind of struck a friendship, and I talked to him. And he would sit in the seat in front of me. And when he would turn around when the bus started moving, I would take and transmit as much healing energy into him as I could. So I did this every bus ride that we had. And one day, about a week or two later, he hops onto the bus and doesn't have his brace, and he's he's still using his cane, but he's getting around really well. And everybody's like, including the bus driver, is like, wow, look at you. What happened? He said, I know, isn't it great? He said, you know, I've still got a little pain and problems getting around, obviously. But he said, look, look how well I'm doing. And he said, my doctor told me he had never seen anybody heal this quickly in this way from this kind of surgery. And so that was from me sitting behind him and surreptitiously pushing that healing energy to him while we were on the bus. So uh, it does work. It does manifest. Doesn't always work. Doesn't always manifest. And that's the uh, the conundrum among healers and, and everybody that's interested in this is how do we make this more reliable? But that's that's the question of my my deepest and my best involvement. I think those two incidents are the best I can give you. Well, I think that those two incidents are absolutely astounding. And yeah, they are. They really are. You know, I I had mentioned that my friend Terry in chat is a is a first line worker. She's an RN, and she is a bunch of different kinds of RN. She definitely yeah. continues her education, and I'm thankful for that because when I broke my tibial plateau, she was in wrapping up for orthopedic rotation, and I was very fortunate that she was doing that. I was kind of a case study to help her get through that, and she was knowledge-based for me to get through it. So, yay. Right. But um, she said, what sort of things did she have to do? What a neat story, but no, I'm so curious. But now I'm so curious, and so is Elijah. 
And she was like, how, and with the second, she said, how odd. I work with spinal psych patients every day. Neat connection of story. So both of your experiences have really touched her heart and her spirit. And she is just curious about what type of things, I mean, were they, I am too, you know, were they dietary, were they spiritual, were they physical? No, it was, it was purely completely spiritual. There was nothing, uh, there was nothing physical at all in either case. No medicine, no dietary, nothing physical, no therapy. It was purely spiritual, like with the woman with the cancer, that was completely purely a spiritual technique. And with the guy with the back problem, that was just me transmitting healing right. energy. And, yeah. So, and in all those cases, there was nothing physical, nothing dietary, nothing medical. It was all purely spiritual. Well, I find that absolutely beautiful. It is. It's it's really incredible. And then uh, a corollary to that, a negative corollary to that, I had a client that uh, had been a client for years and years, and now, there are times when the other side will tell me somebody's going to die or like a, a relative is going to die, and they will tell me how to break it to that person. Sometimes it's like, you know, your dad's going to die, right? Well, yeah, I've kind of suspected. Or it'll be like, you know, you need to spend more time with your uncle or whatever. So uh, I get that information, and yet for this client of mine, in our very last reading that we had, uh, over and over and over and over, the other side just kept telling me again and again and again to tell her, hey, look, you know, during this next month, uh, you know, do do all the things that you really love and really enjoy and do them repeatedly. Do it. Just let yourself with the pleasure of the things that you really love and enjoy. And they had me repeat that message. I don't know how many times during her reading. And uh, shortly after that, I received this phone call and they asked, you know, is this John Russell? Yes. Are you the psychic? Yes. And uh, so they had found my number in her and going through her things it was her parents and she had died and uh, I was I was just astonished I was like and so the other side didn't tell me for whatever reason that she was going to die but they had me to tell her they knew she was going to die and they had me to tell her enjoy all these things this month do all your favorite things and do them over and over again really enjoy them so it was like she was giving herself the optimum pleasure then before she transitioned so I thought, you know, boy, that's that's an odd one. So just when we think we have all the answers or have it all figured out, we discover that we don't. Well, you know what? I think that was that should be everybody's advice every day. Yeah. I don't I don't Absolutely. follow it, but I try to. And yeah, I'm going I try to, to like you never know. You don't. And I'm going to ask you this question. From someone in chat, and I don't normally do this, but I'm gonna. And answer, okay. or don't answer, completely up to you, obviously. But um, Sherry wanted to know: Do you have any feelings or healings advice for her with her oldest son? And she says, "I don't know if he does that or not, but thought I'd ask." I do. Um, I do do that, yes, but in the time constraints that we have, um, that would be a little problematic. Uh, the best thing I can do is if um, if she would just email me 
and uh, we can we can continue that way. And I'm not going to charge her. That'll be free of charge. It won't be a reading. It'll just be whatever I get as far as the healing advice and whatever we do there. But just tell her just, and she'll hear this as well, I hope, but just tell her. She Email is. me at, at johnrusselpsychic at hotmail.com. johnrusselpsychic at hotmail.com. And if she'll just email me and say I was the one on the show and, and needed some uh, healing advice about my son. Uh, I, I never charge at all for any any type of healing work or any type of healing advice. The readings I charge for, that's how I pay the bills, get french fries with my hamburger and so on and so forth. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I got to be paid for my time. You're not paying me for the spiritual gift. You're paying me for my time to exercise the spiritual gift. But the healing well, work absolutely. Uh, yeah, is, uh, is something I've never, ever charged for, never. So just tell her if she'll if she'll email me, uh, we'll we'll discuss that because we really don't have with our time constraints here. Uh, okay. I don't don't really yeah. Well, I'll she said thank you. Yeah. And you're getting all kinds of hearts in the chat now. So. Oh, bless your hearts. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, I am I am going to ask when people when people are having pain, excuse me, whether spiritual or physical, when people are having, well, this must be close to home because my voice is messing up, heart chakra, throat chakra, all this other stuff. But it's not personal. I am just curious. When somebody reaches out to you and they're coming to you as, you know, psychic John, okay, and they're anticipating that their need is going to be met by your psychic gifts, <laughs> then it turns out to be a healing thing or a guidance thing, um, and you don't charge for that. How many people are just blown away from that, by that? Do well, they just accept it and go of- on, or...? Well, a lot of people, yeah, most people just accept it and go on, and, and they express gratitude, and that's all I expect out of them. And it's like, you know, any any healing that I can possibly do or stimulate or guide them toward, I'm happy to do that free of charge. And the reason that I charge my gifts, I'm not charging for my gift, I'm charging for the time to Well, exercise. absolutely. Yeah, because if I do this then I don't have time to go work a regular job and make money and so on and so forth, and I have to eat. I can't go to the store and say, hey, I'm world-famous psychic John Russell. Big deal. Here's your grocery bill. You know? Yes. (laughs) uh, And the the psychic gift, over the years, I've been doing this professionally since I was 18, and people have told me that I'm 80 to 90% accurate in both my insights and my predictions over that entire period of time. Okay? So that works consistently. Healing does not, for whatever reason, and that's been my experience even with people who are healers uh, that dedicate their lives to that, that that's their only soul calling and gift. So I've never charged ever for any kind of healing work because it's just not that reliable. And uh, the psychic gift is, and like I say, if I if I do that, i got to have some way to pay the bills, so that's, that's why there. But uh, there have been people that have called me for readings. There have been people that have paid for readings. And uh, and call me. I've called them to schedule an appointment, and they've told me their situation. I said, No, you don't need a reading. I'm refunding your money. Here's what you need to do. And sometimes outright, without even talking to them, I'd say, I've I've, I've already refunded your money. You don't need a reading. You just need da 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 da. And uh, so that's that's one thing. I've 
I've been scrupulously honest with my gift, and it's mostly kept me broke. But I can sleep good at night, you know. There you <laughs> I, go. I can go to bed, lay my head down, and I don't have to worry about the other guys, the guys on the other side coming after me going, oh, boy, we're going to get you now for this, you know. I don't have that worry. I'm not like yes. these con artists and these phonies and these frauds that built people out of thousands and ten thousands of dollars and, and all of that. And, uh, you know, this is important to me. I believe in it. It's real. It's serious. I, I respect and believe in what I do, and I've always been that way. I'm not perfect as a human being. My God, far from it. And I've got my faults and flaws and weirdisms and uh, everything else like anybody does. I'm just a guy with a gift. and uh, But I have never, ever abused or misused that gift, and uh, and I never will. And there have been times, like I say, that, that I've refused to read for people. They didn't need it. I'd refund their money or just tell them, say, you don't need a reading. You just need this. You need two sentences of advice. Go take it, and you'll be fine. And a lot of times it's that way, but... You know, for a lot of people, they they need that reading. They need that that full input. So that's how that's how that usually goes. Well, I find that so interesting because it just confirms so much about you that I already knew, but it's still um, nice. So yeah, we have to take time. our we have to take our final break. And okay. um, for Terry, yes, I do know what you mean, and. We will be right back after this. Y'all come back too. You're listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk, only on Paranormal Experience Radio, broadcasting live out of Birmingham, Alabama. Come on, I'm Southern, but... Um, nope. That'll do. Hello, I am Kat Hobson, host of Paranormal Experience here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. I enjoy having guests from all areas of the paranormal, from ghosts to ufology to cryptids and beyond. You'll find some of the best researchers in their fields bringing you some great information. Join me on Wednesday nights from 8 to 10 p. Eastern here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. Since 1948, Fate Magazine has brought you reports of the strange and unknown, all of them true. Fate Radio is carrying on that tradition, bringing you the unusual, macabre, strange, and bizarre. Join host Cat Hobson Sunday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. Listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk, only on Paranormal Experienced Radio, broadcasting live out of Birmingham, Alabama. Welcome back for the final segment of Paranormal Experience with Kat Hobson and my guest, John Russell. If you have missed any of this show, go back, listen to that archive, because you are going to, you're going to be blown away. This is not your average show. 
and it started out with the energy off the chain and it just took off from there. So I am so thankful for your time and your being here tonight, John. This has been terrific. And oh, I appreciate you having me and I appreciate the listeners. It's absolutely great. We're having a lot of fun and, and we'll do it again before long. Oh, we will. Because, you know, when you find that energy, you want to keep that communication open. It's just, Absolutely. It's just very special. And I have another question for you here in chat. And I think it's right. a good question because people sometimes are confused on this. And it comes from April. And she says, so is a psychic reading based on what a person thinks they need? Like they come and say, this is my issue. Or is it just read and you see what I need? Ah, great. Good question. The way that I do a reading, what I have learned over the years, and the way that I learned this, I was reading for a client one time, and I never used to let my clients ask questions. I would start the reading. I'd tell them everything that the other side gave me for them. And then if they had questions at the end of the reading, I'd let them ask. And... Uh, I had started that that way with one of my clients one time, and I was just going on and on, and he stopped me, and he said, John, listen, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but he said, everything you've told me is accurate, everything you've told me is great, but that's not my issue, and I have to go. What I need to know is, da-da-da-da-da, give me that information, then I've got to run. And I was like, oh, and then it hit me. And so what I started doing was allowing clients to come up with a list of their priorities, their questions to start with. And then I also learned another thing, and that's that the other side doesn't view things like we do. We may be saying, should I stay with my boyfriend? And the other side couldn't give a plug nickel less. They may be saying, you need to go back to college and get this particular degree. And that's their only concern the other side okay yes so i've learned that over the years that the other side sees things differently than we do has different priorities than we that's do. interesting so i amalgamated that together and mixed that together so that when a person calls me for a reading they get to ask their questions they get the input that the other side gives me for them as well and i'm not going to tell them what they want to hear i'll tell them the truth that the other side gives me for them and then it's up to them to apply it they can like it they can disdain it they can detest it they can whatever but i'm going to give them what they need what the other side gives me for them and not what they want not what they want to hear but what they actually need and one of the greatest things one of the greatest compliments i've ever had over my my psychic career from doing that as a i had a two ladies that were friends and they were both clients and they would call me all the time and one of them called me one day and she said you know what she said we were sitting there the other day and she said, this is the greatest compliment I can ever give you. She said, we were talking about we have to have some honest-to-God, real psychic input from somebody that's going to give us the truth, not what we want to hear, but the real honest-to-God truth to help guide us through the situation. Who are we going to call? John. And I said, man, that's that's the greatest compliment there I you can give. So, yeah, so when I, when I give a reading to people, uh, they can give me their questions, the things, the doubts, the worries they have, or, you know, what do I do about this, or I'm feeling this, how do I handle it, or what do you see in the area of my job, or whatever, that's all fine, and I'll answer that. The other side will give me answers for that, but the other side is going to have input for them as well, and um, 
I've never lied to people. I've never entertained people. I've never told them what they wanted to hear. I have made some people mad. And uh, I, I remember, oh, well, let me tell you this real quick before we run out of time. These same uh, gals, they had a third friend that they had call me, and uh, she asked about her uh, her marriage. I said, your marriage is over. I said, it's, it's time for you to move on and uh, to go forward. And I said, this will be wrapped up in a few weeks' time. He'll tell you that he's, he's done with the thing. He's going to divorce you. So she didn't seem upset. And uh, we talked through the rest of the reading, and she agreed the rest of the reading was accurate, got to the end of the reading. She said, now you're sure about what you see about, about my marriage? And I said, yeah, I am. So her friends called me, and they said, oh, we know you read for so-and-so. And I said, look, I can't talk to you about that. That's confidential. That's I, I'm not telling you a thing. She said, you don't have to. We're going to tell you. And I said, what in the world is <laughs> going on? She said, well, she said, after the reading, she was so PO'd at you that she came and told us all this stuff, all this guy said, that's that's not right, that's not true, that can't be happening. And she said, John, we're not exaggerating for effect, we counted. She went to 12 other psychics asking them about her marriage, and all of them said, no, 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 this guy's wrong, your marriage is on solid ground, it's fine, He's gonna rec- everything's going to be fine, you're going to be reconciled, you're going to be happy. Uh-oh. And John, last week he filed for divorce. So there you go. I, I ain't going to tell you what you're going to hear, but I will tell you the truth. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I beat out the 12 that said I was wrong, and, and I've done that a lot of times. There was, uh, like with the, when uh, when Bush got elected over Gore, all the big names at the time, including Sylvia Brown and all that, were predicting that Gore was going to win the presidency. And I said, nope, it's going to be Bush. And everybody that I was on radio back then with were like, Oh, well, you know, who are you? You know, all these big names. I said, oh, all the big names are going to be wrong. And sure enough, it was Bush that was in the White House, you know. And, I, and when it comes down to some people were saying, well, uh, Bush got in the White House, but Gore won it. The election was stolen. No, no, no. When you make a psychic prediction, there's no leeway like that. you got to no. say who's going to be in the House. And I said who's going to be in the House. Uh, as an interesting corollary to that, since uh, since I was a kid, I have predicted every single presidential election correctly since Kennedy including all the re-elections and everything else. And uh, I finally retired from doing that. It's a matter of public record that I did it. I did it on radio shows. Right. I predicted the re-election of Bush. I predicted Obama, his re-election. Oh, no, 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 no. But, uh, and it's a matter of public record. But I told the guys on the other side, I said, guys, there's no such thing as a 100% accurate psychic. And I said, I've got this unbroken string, this 100% accurate string of presidential predictions. Can I have that? Can I keep that? Can I retire and not do any more and just have that one little thing for myself? (laughs) And they said, said, yeah, so they gave me that, so I quit making presidential predictions. So I've got that one string of unbroken things that I can claim, and uh, they were kind enough to let me have that. So I thought that was kind of neat. That is kind of (laughs) neat. And fun. Well, you know what? We have got like seven minutes left. Oh Can you boy. believe that? I know. Let's hop the books real quick and then yes. we'll get to whatever else we can. But uh, if anybody wants to find out more information on the books, uh, writingwithghosts.net, ghost is plural, writingwithghosts.net, and there's links on there to buy it. Amazon, Books Million, Barnes & Noble, Walmart online carries it, little mom-and-pop stores. I've got links to them, so however you'd like to get it tells you all about it. You can read the first chapter for free. The sample chapter's there on that website as well. 
uh, unknockintheattic.net is for my latest book. And it's got the same links to buy it, Amazon, Walmart, so on and so forth, wherever you want to get it. And then you can read the introduction on the very short first chapter of it, free of charge there, tells you all about it. And anybody that's wanting to know more about me and, uh, and or schedule a psychic reading, go to johnrussell.net. And that will give you all the information you want there about me. So that's all the information there about me and the books. And uh, that will get everybody started there. And let me tell you about the books. Yes, please do that. My, my, my book's unique. There's no other book like this. Well, mine really are. And I have an editor that even said that. He said, man, he said, there's nothing else like this out there. He said, this is absolutely unique. And I've had lots of readers that have told me, many readers that have told me, they said, man, I've read every book there is on the supernatural, the paranormal, uh, psychics, mediums, everything, all my life. And he said, man, I have never read anything like this. So if you're thinking, oh, well, another book about a psychic or a, from a psychic or about, you, you've never read anything like what you're going to read in these books. I can guarantee you that. So pick them up. You'll enjoy them. It'll give you food for thought. They're a good read. You'll laugh. You'll cry. Uh, it's, they're, they're fun reads, and they're easy reads. They're good reads. Well, the first one was fantastic. I haven't read the second one yet. Oh, and thank you. Bless your heart. I appreciate it. I am going to. But, good deal. Dude. You know, it's just, it is it's just like Nirvana. I mean, you just kind of go with it, and there's uh, – <laughs> he quit politics so he could maintain his 100%. I'm not asking him that. <laughs> but um, anyway. Yes, I did. I did. Yes. I absolutely did. Uh. But it is uh, – they are so funny. I love my chat. Another reason I, I did that was people place too much emphasis on public predictions. And I used to hate when the big name psychics, when people would say, well, what's Tom Cruise going to do? Who cares? That ain't going right. to change the price of milk at the grocery store, <laughs> you know? So I just, I, I kind of got tired of that aspect of it, too. Was you know oh boy you know who's going to be president? It's like well you know that that don't really help you. If I'm right, that doesn't help you. It's like oh John made the prediction. Well big deal you know he got it right. And no matter how many times I get it right, that doesn't help you individually or personally. Right. And uh, there were people that because I made the prediction and was correct and it wasn't their candidate, they were angry at me that he got in the in the White House like I had something to do with it. So after a while, it was like, okay, enough. You know, let's just let's just quit the public prediction stuff. Well, you know, it just it can alienate. It can alienate, yeah. and yeah. you know, and I don't know what the odds are on what they're asking, but I'm not going there. So yeah, I, it's uh, you can probably imagine. Well, you probably know, <laughs> but. But and I, anyway, there's, there's very few, uh, very few public predictions I've ever done for that reason. Right. And uh, one of them was like back when Y2K happened. I told people, I said, "Look, this is nothing. Nothing's going to happen. There's no need to be concerned." Because people were in a huge panic, a serious panic over that, and they thought it was the end of the world then. And I was like, yeah. "No, no, no, not a thing's going to happen." And nothing did. And then the planetary alignment came along, and I said, "Folks, it ain't even going to be a blip on the radar screen." And it wasn't. There was nothing. It wasn't. So, the only the only public predictions I've done in, in that venue would were to um, to reassure people and to tell people, look, nothing's going to happen here. 
but you know, I, I don't do what Tom Cruise is up to, and I don't do who's going to be the next president anymore, and I don't do, you know, what's the next hit TV show going to be. That's nonsense. I just I don't waste psychic energy on that. It's it's foolish. Well, what about Yellowstone? You got any predictions about Yellowstone? About Yellowstone? Is it going oh, the to volcano. The, the volcano? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, people have been asking about that for years, and I haven't really seen anything there. Not to say that it won't, but I haven't I haven't got anything on the psychic radar screen yet. So uh, let's just hope and pray we'll keep sending good energy that way, and uh, hope and pray that it contains itself. Well, you know, I I think that things happen the way that they're supposed to all the time. Maybe I'm a fatalist to a degree, but I think that you know. That if it's going to, it's going to. There's not anything you can do to stop it. It's a force of well, nature. I think sometimes, yeah, I think sometimes that's true. And I think sometimes, I do think nature is sentient. And I think sometimes it kind of teaches us a lesson. And I do think, I remember I watched this documentary. This is not some wingnut documentary. It wasn't even a paranormal documentary. This was a science documentary. And this uh, guy lived out in the the while their relatively secluded area where this volcano was, and this volcano erupted and was coming toward the village and coming toward ultimately his house. And so he uh, said, if I will take and set uh, bottles of liquor, and I can't remember what the liquor was, maybe it was gin, I'll tell people, people spirits on the other side, not necessarily human people, but spirits on the other side entities seem to be awfully fond of gin. So anyways, he sits this alcohol out at the four corners of his property. He said, if I sit this here, the goddess Pele will acknowledge my offering and will spare my house. So the, the lava starts flowing towards his house, and it's coming in this big, huge, wide, solid sheet. And as it hits the four corners of his property, as it hits the front two corners of his property where the bottles are, and he's got two in the back, the lava flow splits. Get out half. of town goes across his property, flows down the side of his property, and rejoins at the back of his property, leaving his property and his house intact. And this was on film. This was on a documentary on TV. And I saw this, and scientists were like, we have no clue. No doubt. So eventually, the the lava consumed the bottles and everything else, and then the, the lava broke, breached the line, and came on in and, and got his house, and he said, if I had, they made him evacuate, and he said, if I could have been there and gone out and offered more to Pele, my house would have been spared. And I, I believe it, because literally the lava, the whole wall, a solid sheet of lava, was rolling toward his house and hit those bottles and split in half and went down the sides. And, and the scientists were like, we are clueless. So, you know, we can interact with nature spirits, with that realm, and, and with the powers that are out there and honor them. And uh, that's why people took offering. I'm not saying human sacrifice. That's an aberration. That's an abomination. But people would take offerings of, of alcohol and, and fruits and food and things and offer to the spirits and this and the other. And, uh, you know, there's a lot to learn there. There is. You know, Terry in chat said, we can't control it all as far as we've come as a species. We're all part of the universe. That's it. 
I, I told somebody the other day, I said, the earth is as it is, and if we want to survive on this planet, we meet it as it is. And some of that means getting back to the basics of, you know, well, if the spirit's like gin, I'm going to put out an offering of gin and ask the guys to help me here in this. And I've yeah. done that successful many, many times. So, um, you know, we, we kind of meet the earth as it is. It's not all pleasant, not all happy, and not all light, and we can't make it that way, but we can work with it as it is and, and be as compassionate as we can and invoke as much compassion and healing as we can, and uh, that's that's what we have to work toward. Yep. Well, that sounds like a good closing, and yep. I got nothing to top that. Not even going to try, because I completely agree <laughs> with you. Look <laughs> no, your heart. Cat, well, listen, I appreciate it so much. This has been an absolute blast, and I appreciate the listeners and the questions, and it's just, it's been wonderful, and I hope everybody's enjoyed it as much as we have. Oh, I, I think so. <laughs> I think so. And, yeah, I have just enjoyed you. Thank you again for being here. And for, oh, everyone, for everyone listening, you know, I'm going to say it. I know we're late, but I'm still going to say it. If you don't like what you're seeing around you, change it. You can do that. Manifest that. You know, be, yes. Take it upon yourself. Be the person that you would like to have for a friend, for a spouse, for a parent, for, you know, whatever your role is. Be the very best you can be at that. And yes. go out there and just be that positive force in your world and it will change. You will be so yep. blessed and so happy, and just make it so. Love to all, and everybody have a great week. We will have Full Spectrum Universe tomorrow night, and it's going to be fun. Kenny Biddle's going to be on with them. Friday is going to be Ghost Talk Radio with Shelley Burke-Robertson, and I will be back with Fate with David Allen Jones on Sunday. Y'all take care. We'll see you the next time. Same cat time, same cat channel. Good night. You are listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, Birmingham, Alabama. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.